Hello and welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of Harkus Sinclair LLP and Your Lawyers Limited. The citation for this case is 2021 UKSC 32. And the basis of this case is actually from a news story that you may well remember from 2015. It involved the car manufacturer Volkswagen, who were caught in a scandal when it was discovered that many of their vehicles had been fitted with a defeat device that manipulated the results of emission tests. This wrongdoing produced around 50,000 claimants and, as you can imagine, was a field day for lawyers representing these claimants. In fact, arguments between law firms about these claims is what today's proceedings are all about. At the start of 2016, Your Lawyers LLP, the appellants in this case, issued a claim against Volkswagen with the intention of applying for something called a group litigation order. As the name suggests, a group litigation order is a court order which allows a range of claims that give rise to a common or related issue to be managed together. Anyway, one of the solicitors at Your Lawyers approached Harker Sinclair LLP, who are the respondents in this case, about collaborating on the group litigation, because that firm had more experience with these types of claims. To that end, a non-disclosure agreement was sent to Harker Sinclair and then signed. This agreement included a non-compete clause, whereby Harker Sinclair would not, for a period of six years, quote, accept instructions for or to act on behalf of any other group of claimants in the contemplated group action, end quote, without the permission of your lawyer's LLP. In the end, though, there was only ever an informal collaboration between the two firms, and no formal collaboration agreement was ever reached. Of course, based on the fact that these two firms are now at loggerheads before the Supreme Court, you can probably tell that something went wrong. During the informal collaboration, Harker Sinclair actually went ahead and managed to find some willing claimants to take part in its own group action. In late 2016, they issued their own claim and application for a group litigation order. They then decided to collaborate with another firm instead. Of course, Your Lawyers LLP were not best pleased about this and alleged that the non-compete clause was a solicitor's undertaking and that Harker Sinclair had breached it. When the case went to the High Court, it was held that the clause was indeed enforceable and an injunction was granted that prevented Harker Sinclair from acting in the Volkswagen case for six years. However, when the case was appealed, the Court of Appeal held that the clause was actually unenforceable and so Your Lawyers LLP appealed to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick things up. The first question for the justices was whether the non-compete clause represented an unreasonable restraint of trade. This is a bit unusual because it was actually agreed by both parties that this was a restraint of trade, but the argument turned on whether the restraint of trade was reasonable. In order for it to be reasonable, it has to not only be reasonable between the parties, but it also has to not be contrary to the public interest. It was quickly decided that there was no issue with it being contrary to the public interest, and so eyes turned to the question of reasonableness between the parties. For the clause to satisfy that criteria, it must not go any further than is reasonably necessary to protect the legitimate interests of the party seeking to take advantage of the non-compete clause. 
the Supreme Court found that the legitimate interests of your lawyers was not limited to what was in the non-disclosure agreement and included protecting its own group claim from a rival group claim that might be set up by Harkis Sinclair. As a result, the clause is reasonably necessary and it makes sense for the time limit to be six years because this is also the time limit for claims against Volkswagen. The second question for the justices was whether the clause was to be regarded as a solicitor's undertaking. This could potentially be important for your lawyers because a solicitor's undertaking is a commitment by a solicitor to do something that can be enforced by the courts. However, in order for the clause to be recognised as such, the promise must be one that is made in the capacity as a solicitor. With that in mind, the justices noted that there are two questions that can be asked to help identify a solicitor's undertaking. Firstly, does the undertaking require the solicitor to do something that is regularly required by a solicitor as part of their professional activity? And secondly, is the subject matter of the undertaking within the remit of the work that is carried out by a solicitor as part of their professional practice? In this case, the promise by Harker Sinclair is less to do with the type of work regularly undertaken by a solicitor, and more about the business interests of the firm. As such, it cannot be properly regarded as a solicitor's undertaking. The remaining issues in this case were about what would happen if the clause was held to be a solicitor's undertaking, but the Supreme Court paid little mind to this because of the finding that this was not such an undertaking. It is suffice to say that the justices re-emphasised the importance and severity of solicitors' undertakings within legal proceedings. Overall, though, it was the fact that this was a reasonable restraint of trade clause that was important, as that meant your lawyers won their appeal. I think we have to be very careful when considering restraint of trade clauses. On the one hand, our economy should be as free as possible, and any restriction on that should be viewed with a sideways glance. On the other hand, there may be legitimate reasons to restrict trade, and as we saw in this case, it was something that was willingly agreed to by one of the parties to the non-disclosure agreement. Generally, the courts tend to get this balance right by having a reasonableness requirement, while also considering the public interest. Something that makes this more difficult is the relative economic disparity between the parties. In these proceedings, that was less of an issue because both are solicitors' firms on a fairly level playing field. However, there may be times when one of the businesses involved is much smaller than the other and may feel pressured to sign a restraint of trade. To some extent, this might be caught by the reasonableness requirement, but that is not always going to be the case, and so the question is whether the courts should intervene in these circumstances. For me, the answer is no, because... Assessing the economic power of each business is a bit of a minefield, and generally businesses should be able to make decisions themselves, with the courts only intervening when it is absolutely necessary for them to do so. The other question raised by this case is what constitutes a solicitor's undertaking, and I wonder how useful the test outlined by the court really is. As a reminder, this clause was held not to be a solicitor's undertaking, because it was more of a business deal rather than something that is regularly part of a solicitor's work. That makes sense when you think about it, but it is quite a fine line. Is it not normal for a solicitor to undertake to cooperate with another firm on a case? And is it not a part of a solicitor's normal work if that collaboration is about working towards bringing a claim on behalf of clients? 
The need for a broad test is fine because you cannot account for every scenario, but greater clarity would be welcome here, and ultimately that might need a legislative solution. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. A quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad-free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks, including more content from me each week and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!